I saw some criticism. People say the punches weren't really necessary. Maybe they were super necessary. Why were they necessary? What do you mean, why were they not necessary? Because he was already knocked out at that point. Space Monkey Podcast. If you could automate anything in your life through the use of artificial intelligence, what would it be? Um, my time management, I think, would be the number one thing. So I've been looking. Have- I've wasted all with a lot of time this week. Looking at home robots, robots that live in your house that do things for you. So like the vacuum robots. Well, it all started a, a, a little bit ago with the uh, with the the vacuum robot. I have this fantasy that once I've organised my house a bit better, when I go out for mm. a dog walk, like I take my dogs for about an hour walk every day, that I would just hit the on button. And it would just go through. It doesn't have to do a perfect clean. It's not replacing my actual vacuum cleaner, but it just goes through the house in the main areas, getting all the dust and dirt that the dog's bringing in on a daily basis. You know what I mean? Like the random hairs just keeps the house a little bit cleaner. Does that make sense? Apparently those things are good. Well, the good ones are good. There's a lot of cheap imitation ones that don't work very well, have bad senses. I've done a lot of reading and a lot of research. And I feel like if you get like, if you drop between 700 and a grand, you can get a pretty decent one. If you get the $1,500 to a $2,000 ones, you're getting premium. But I feel like six to 12 months from now, the $500 ones are going to be at where like the $1,500 ones are at right now. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like all technology, there's little jumps every now and then. So that's where it started. But then I thought, what about little robots that you can just talk to in your house? Like kind of like a Siri thing, but not at Siri. Yeah. And there was yeah. this company, they've since gone out of business, but they're called Anki, A-N-K-I, and they're an American robotics company. And they've released a, a few remote control cars, but also two robots. One, they kind of look like, um, they fit in the size of the palm of your hand and they kind of, they got wheels and they kind of look like little trucks. They're on tracks, like a tank. And they have little eyes like that Wally Pixar animation. Yep. Yep. And one of them talks to you, one of them doesn't. One of them is controlled by an app. The other one is like a self-learning AI. It's more expensive. And so I've just been sort of fantasizing all this week about having one of those on my bench top where I'm just like telling it to give me a half hour timer and it just does that for me. I'm like, time for half an hour and then remind me to do this later. That kind of thing. Well, you could do that with, um, with you know, Google Home. Mm. 100%. I mean, you could probably do it with you. I can do it with Siri on my iPhone. You can do it with your phone, exactly. Yeah, I yeah. can do it. Um, it's more to do with the... There's there's an aesthetic to it, but also sometimes I'm using my phone and I don't want to be... I don't want my phone to mm. be my egg timer. Does that make sense? Because I'm using it for other stuff. Yep. So I don't want yep. it to interrupt what I'm doing or... I like keeping something separate. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. So this, it's not the tool you want to use for that. Yeah. And there probably is a way to do it. And I'm probably being a bit silly about it. But anyway, that's what, that's what I've sort of, I kind of like the idea of these little robots. I think they're kind of cute. I'd like to have a robot vacuum cleaner and a robot assistant that are kind of dysfunctional <laughs> and kind of don't work that well. <laughs> you mean like a human, are you? If you want that, if you want this dysfunctional and, and not working that well, hire a human to come. I don't want lazy. These things aren't lazy. They're just not that. Like, they just don't do that much, really. It's like, hey, I've got a robot vacuum cleaner that kind of does a little bit of cleaning. Or I've got a robot <laughs> assistant that I have to repeat three times to do something and then it gets stuck and misses its charger when it goes back to self-charge. You know that kind of thing? Yep. Yeah. I, I, I know what you're saying. Um... I used to think about that, but now I've kind of tried to look at look at cleaning, for example, look at chores from a different perspective. I'm trying to be more positive about it. So mm. I put on my headphones and listen to like a, a book or, mm. or a podcast or something like that while I'm doing it. Yes. And, uh, and, and just try not to think about how annoying it is. I just try and think about, hey, this is just something that I need to do and I might do something productive at the same time. So I know exactly where you're coming makes- from. I actually... I, I, I agree about cleaning. I don't have a problem with doing it. It's just about saving time. It's just about um, having 
having something where I, I can just leave it, do it for me. Not because I don't want to do it, just because I don't have time to do it. Does that make sense? Well, again, I think it just depends how you look at time. What do you... Yeah. Well, like if I need to, If I want to spend half an hour cleaning or half an hour writing, I want to do the writing. You know what I mean? So just don't do the cleaning. Yeah, but I want that one. I want, I don't like having a dirty house, so I'm going to get a robot to do it for me. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I want to have a robot. I want to put little eyeballs on the top of it and pretend it's like some sci-fi thing. You know? Yep. I like that idea. Yep. But but what I'm saying is, is okay. Well, that say it takes you an hour to do the cleaning, and that that's an hour that you'd rather you know have to to do writing. Well, then look at that hour of cleaning as hey, an hour of listening to a book and feeding your brain. So then it doesn't seem like it's more productive, basically. Yeah, like, I there, don't there you are mean. I, I don't do. disagree. It's being more productive. You're a hundred percent correct. I, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not disagreeing that that's a good way of doing things, and I, I try to do that when I'm putting clothes away, doing all that stuff. Yeah. But if I could have a giant robot in my house that just did that stuff for me, you know what I mean? Like I'm listening to an audio book while I'm walking the dogs, or I'm. I've been listening to Steve yeah. Coogan's audio audio biography. Actually, it's really interesting. I have no idea who that is. It's funny, isn't it? He's one of these British comedians who has never really translated into Australian or very much American success. But he's maybe the most famous comedian in England, <laughs> most successful comedian in England in the last thirty years. Really? Yeah. Have you heard of Alan Partridge? I've heard of Alan. Yeah. That's his character. I think the more the more popular ones that I'm that I'm aware of, British, uh, Ricky Gervais and Jimmy Carr. See, within England, Steve Coogan is bigger than those two. Those two yeah. just have expanded outside of England. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like. I'm sure Ricky Gervais seems more pop famous now because he, he's famous in America and The Office expanded and all that. But at least as famous. The yeah. whole I'm Alan Partridge, all that stuff. Anyway. So, I've, been, I've been listening to his autobiography. It's really interesting. It's one of the rare times that I've listened to something and I'm like, oh wow, this guy reminds me heaps of me in a lot of ways. It's a very honest, interesting book. It had a lot of really bad reviews. <laughs> But I really like it. Yeah. Speaking of bad reviews, you know who's getting absolutely trashed on the net? Uh, Brendan Sharp. Like a huge amount of criticism. Oh, for um, his stand-up. His, yeah, his... Um, well, like the, 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 the perception or the, or the criticisms are this guy's not a good comedian. He's a bonehead. And the only reason he's had any success in his career is because Rogan has made that happen. Yeah. Um, what I find fascinating is just the amount of the, the trouble that people go to to try and character assassinate other people on the net. It's just, it's just, it's just weird. Well, I think it's it's very self defeating those kinds of arguments. Anyone who's got the time to go into a detailed, or even any kind of time to try and slam him online is automatically proving that there's someone who can't be tr- whose opinion can't be trusted on the matter. <laughs> I, I, I just don't understand. It's A lot know, of people are really jealous, know. dude. A lot of people wish they could be Joe it's Rogan's weird. friend and they're like, oh, he's Joe Rogan's friend and he's shit. A lot of people don't really yeah. understand what Brendan Sharp's real world, real story is, you know? Regardless, just going through the trouble of trying to criticize someone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. You don't like it. Sure, you know, you're entitled to that, but I mean, yeah. I'd, so the reason why I bring that up is because yeah. um, I watched his special. Oh, what'd you and think? I didn't really like it. No. Um, I, I thought he struggled. Um, but I like Brendan Shaw when he when he does um, when he does the MMA shows with Rogan. Love those. They're funny. He's a funny guy. He is a funny guy. I think. Um, yeah, go on. And then, uh, yeah, so the last MMA, so the last JRE that was on was, was, was Shorb. And I listened to half of it and then watched a little bit of it on YouTube. Mm. And, and people kept posting up, 
I think it was called Beige something. So it was like a reference to some documentary and people were saying, oh, you know, why is Rogan censored this and all this stuff? I was like, what the hell are they talking about? Watch it on Vimeo. So I looked it up and it's like this guy who did this 90-minute documentary about Shorb and, and just criticizing him. I thought, what the hell? And I watched like five minutes of it and I thought, what? This is this, this is what people were talking about. This is insane. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Is it just awful as well? Um, look, as far as sort of putting together an argument, and I, I guess it's okay. Like he's, he's done a documentary on it. He's done his homework. And that's kind of the scary thing. He's like, he's gone to this incredible amount of detail to to just to trash someone who he has no relationship with oh. or, you know. What, well, there's two things there. One, what kind of stuff is he trashing him about? But two, he does have a relationship with him. It's a one-sided one. <laughs> but he's that obviously he's a, a, a big part of his life. You know, that he's a bonehead, you know. For listeners who um, are listening to us right now who don't know who Brendan Sharp is, he's a ex-MMA, ex-college uh, NCAA college footballer, ex-MMA fighter in the UFC, heavyweight, who started on a podcast with... Brian Callen, comedian, uh, actor, called The Fighter and the Kid, and he's good friends with Joe Rogan and appears on the Rogan podcast every now and then. And he's trying to become a stand. He's a stand-up comedian now, I guess. And uh, a lot of people quit, are upset. Quit MMA. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I've got a theory with his MMA that he... Um, that's one where my big theory about how like the showmanship of the sport and you know how they love the whole standing up thing and they don't like the wrestling like the, the organization don't like the wrestling stuff comes from. Mm. The whole not thinking that's boring and thinking those fights don't work. Like how John Jones stood up for his entire last fight, didn't do any yeah. wrestling. And everyone's like, why Why didn't you do that? Did you hear Rogan say that on the latest episode? Yeah. And Sharp... Oh, lots of people were saying that. A lot of analysts were yeah. saying, well, why didn't he take it to the ground? Why didn't he wrestle him? Did you hear what Sharp's response was? No. He said, well, there's... There's probably a reason, Joe. And that's the same reason Sharp quit the MMA. He quit MMA. Like, he's won uh, jiu-jitsu tournaments against big-time jiu-jitsu fighters. He, as a fighter, could have just lay on people. But in, they insist... Like, he won fights doing that. And he would get in trouble. Like, he would get, like, reprimanded by the UFC brass. And so, that last fight Not that he enough. had... So... People want knockouts, they want blood. Exactly. So that last fight that he had, he tried to do stand-up with a kick fo- a kickboxer, a six-foot-six kickboxer yep. or whatever, and got his, get his head knocked off. Yep. He could have wrestled that. He could have played, played, played it safe and just lay on top of that guy for, for 15 minutes. But no one wants to watch that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's a, that's a really interesting thing, I guess, overall about him a anyway. lot of people think he's but what I'm saying is a lot of people who go oh he's a failed fighter and now he's a failed stupid comedian or whatever he's a failed like exhibition fighter I guess <laughs> does that make sense yeah I'm I'm not sure he's I mean what does that even mean he's a failure well I mean, they mean he, he didn't he, become he, a champ he, he, he sort of had a go and didn't win a lot of fights that's what they mean he's obviously he, great he for it. getting to the UFC well, let's have a look at his record because from what I saw, my understanding of his record is that it actually wasn't too bad. No, he he certainly wasn't a champion um, and he was probably never going to be a champion in, in, in heavyweight and I think that was probably the reason why Joe Rogan talked him out of or was trying to sort of encourage him to quit because, yeah. you know, hey, you, you're never going to be a champion. You're, you're good, but you're not good enough to be on top and, and meanwhile, you're not getting paid as much as you used to because they changed the rules around sponsorship and you need to start thinking about your health because and you're getting paid more to do this serious. podcast already yeah yeah so 10 total fights 15 10 wins yeah it's pretty seven good. by knockout one submission two by decision five losses is that all in ufc all those fights or no that's his mma record yeah so, so that's not that's not but i mean that's still include. good 10 and 5 is not bad it's a good record Mm. But losses are still like, losses in fighting is bad in general, just because of how much just the damage it is. The damage, yeah. Yeah. Oh God. In so, any case, 
Just a quick comment. I'm recording this in a program and a stupid Adobe installer came up. And it hasn't stopped the recording or caused any problems, but it's stopped the auto tracking that's showing showing it go across. Yeah. It's very annoying. Fucking Adobe auto installer. I don't even want it on my computer. I'm going to get rid of it. Anyway, go on. <laughs> um, so yeah, stand-up comedians. So yeah, I thought that was interesting. Where did you get his special from? Uh, I got it through. I think it was a torrent mm-hmm. lying around somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even watch the whole thing because it was actually pretty bad. Yeah. I feel like... It was it, just cringy. Yeah, it's a very specific market, his stand-up. And that's the market is people who aren't that into stand-up comedy, but kind of like his podcast. Like he's got yeah. three major podcasts now. The whole Big Brown ba- Breakdown, um, Fighter and the Kid, and King and the Sting. And some people listen to every episode, you know? And those people I, also I, show up at every single gig. I like the way... Um, so that uh, I mentioned to you earlier this week about that Sam Harris podcast. Yeah, yeah it's on. on my list. I haven't got and, to it yet, but I want to, I want to check it out. So Ricky Gervais, one of the things that he he enjoys about comedy is the intellectual pursuit. Mm. That's the sort of comedy I like. Makes you think. Yeah. Shorb's comedy is you got to switch off because it's <laughs> that's not very good for it, an intellectual pursuit. It's it's bro humor. Yeah. Right. It's which is which is funny. It's silly when you're sitting around and talking shit with your mates. But as as stand up comedy, you know, as, as a kind of like as as an art form, mm. from that perspective, yeah, yeah, not for me. I do find that funny when he's sitting around talking with other comedians and saying stuff like, "Oh, I'm worried that I'll never be able to come up with another bit like that other bit." I can't imagine any any of his bits are that complicated or well crafted, mm. or like stories that he's telling are anything really that complicated like i don't know i don't know it's interesting but even in saying that i like brian callen's comedy he's he's still not that good compared to the best guys there's there's a lot of guys that that are extremely successful in terms of their popularity and uh but which i i I, yeah, I don't really like. Um, like Kevin Hart. Mm. I don't find Kevin Hart funny. Well, you know how I feel though? I think a lot of these guys in America especially are club comics where they can do yeah. 20 minutes. They come out and do 20 minutes and just, they you know, using their language, they crush or they destroy rooms. And I don't even like that well, kind of terminology. Well, it's, it's American terminology. Oh, it's Murder. Yeah, they go crush, murdered. Like, destroy. Stuart Lee has this great bit where he's talking about he goes, all these, I said, how, how did you do? And they're like, oh, I, I murdered the room. He's like, well, what'd you do that for? Aren't they supposed to be laughing? Why did you, what did you, <laughs> you just went out there with them, like, you killed them all? What, what are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah. just the descriptions of American foreign policy. <laughs> well, it just shows the violence, the inherent violence in that society, I think. Anyway, um, the. We still love all of our American listeners, though. Ah, given that that's. All of our American listener, we love you. I think... Um, 300 Texans. How many? 300,000 Texans. 300,000 Texans. If we go to Texas and do a live show, well, they'll probably string us up. Uh, what was I saying? Fuck. Oh, yeah. They've got a lot of club comics who do 20 minutes really well. But if you give them an hour to do like a Edinburgh special, an, you know, a festival show, which is what a lot of British comedians build towards, which is more of a narrative and more of an arc and a story and a... It's a very different thing. You know, there's not yeah. a lot of American comedians who practice that kind of comedy. So it, it it's difficult for them, I think. Whereas you've yeah. got a, these British guys who for 10 years in a row will go to the Edinburgh Festival and work on that hour. Work on, like they'll do a new hour every year for Edinburgh. And it's this tightly woven narrative that starts here, goes up, goes down, brings you around, gives you a bit of a pathos. You know, yep. it's very different. Like the the training grounds are very different. So you get a very different result, I think. I like, um, I like Bill Burr. 
Mm. I haven't finished watching his special, but I like Bill. Um, obviously, Chappelle still my number one. He's amazing. Mm. But apparently, yeah, him and Rogan have been doing these shows and selling out I found, arenas and stuff. I it's, found those descriptions very interesting. Watching, like, hiring out cinemas and watching the new Tarantino film. Yeah. Until five <laughs> in the morning. IV. And then, like, flying to the next venue and... Um, getting IV drips on the plane. Getting to, IV. Stay awake. IV vitamins. Just to, so they don't get sick from staying up all night. Yeah. And whatever else is in those IVs. Uh, fucking getting comedy stem cells. Getting, like, blood transfusions from J- from Dave Chappelle so he can be funnier the next night. Uh... Yeah, it's. I tell you what, Isn't the, it crazy. The Melbourne comedy. In America, you can just call those up. Sorry. You can just call those up. Yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. I don't even think we would I have the legislation to do that here. The medical industry is very different. It is funny. The um, going to the Melbourne Comedy Festival really opened my eyes a lot to how much of a thing those festival shows can be or those prep like preparing for a show either over a 12 month 24 month or 36 month period to then have this amazing product at the end some of the comedians you see are just very good you know at at telling stories and yeah so, so, so I'm, I'm sort of I'm stuck on this IV thing <laughs> Sorry, because I find it funny. No, no, no. <laughs> Ifresh.com.au. Yeah. What, yeah man, what, how does do it, it work? Ifresh Vitamin Lounge. So, Simple Hydration. So, they have different packages. So, for $95, you can get the Simple Hydration. 95 Benefits. It restores hydration, rebalances body salts, flushes out lactic acid, detoxification. Then they've got one for energy, energize and revitalize. Energy boost costs $195. And, and then they just give you more antioxidants and stuff. There's a vitamin C cocktail which costs one sixty five. Yeah, man, this, this is this is looks like it's just commoditized here as well. Where, where do B12. you go? From? Do you have to go to them though? They don't. They come to you. Uh, well, how does that work? Book online. Uh, contact us. So it's in Brisbane, Parramatta, Cairns. You go to them, dude. They're everywhere. Well, and there's multiple companies. Are in there Asia. any in Canberra? That's a good question. Let's have a look. IV services in Canberra. Dripiv.com.au. Book now. And this is a this is like part of a yeah, Canberra. How much is the co- how much is it? This one doesn't have pricing on it. Book now. Yeah, so this one's in Canberra. Uh, choose a, so vitamin infusion and consultation costs between one forty nine and two ninety nine. NAD plus four hours twelve hundred bucks. Do you know? Ooh. Do you know what I think when I hear that two ninety nine? Yeah, I think. Oh yeah, I could get my little robot assistant for that, and he can inject me with vitamins. Dude, I'll do it. I'll inject it with vitamins. I'll tell you what. We'll take some of these, these Vita gummies. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, I, I need to read more about this stuff, but I, I wonder what it is about IVs that make them so effective. I mean, it, well, direct to the to the vein, the right? Stream, yeah. So it's. So there's there's no it you know I guess it bypasses any kind of you know metabolic process <gasps> straight to the blood. <clears throat> the word. <laughs> so back a few years ago at work, there was a guy at work called Shadi, who's a very funny, excellent, good friend of mine. His mm. wife runs a cake business, and they're they're good people. Check them out, um, Sweet Tooth Cakes in Canberra. Anyway, Shadi had a he's a he's a gym junkie. He's got big arms, big. Big biceps, big arm. Yeah, he's tough, tough, strong guy. He had a, a 
uh, I guess it's a pre-workout called Waxy Maze. W-A-X-Y space M-A-I-Z-E. And one of the things on the front of it, it was one of those big black tubs. You know, the big ones with like the gold and silver writing on it. One of the big keys on the box said, bypasses the stomach. (laughs) So how did it work? I was like, ah, and me and Bruno, the other guy, our other friend at work would just go, this is just roast him for it all the time. Because you you would eat, you drink it. It goes straight to your stomach. What do you mean bypasses the stomach? Anyway, so as soon as you said bypasses the something, I was like, oh, like waxy maze. Waxy maze bypasses the stomach. I find it very funny. Yeah, the, the supplement industry is super dodgy. Um, Actually, when you get a chance, watch Screwball, yep. which is a documentary that's now been released on, on Netflix. Yep. Super good. So Screwball. it's about, um, yeah, you'll enjoy it. It's, right. it's uh, made by the same uh, filmmaker that made Cocaine Cowboys. He's made a few other documentaries, but really, really good documentary maker. And he's, um, uh, he, he's from Miami, so he you know, does stories about things craziness that goes on in Miami. So Dude, this Miami is a wild west. Um, Aaron, Alex, say it again. Oh, it's it's crazy. Yeah, like people over there who claim to be doctors and they can't get away with it because there's no no laws. So they're not doing anything illegal. You can call yourself a um you know a, a physician in whatever and yeah. It's nuts. America's a pretty crazy place. Okay, so it is a crazy place. Uh, did you want to talk about the vitamins more? I've got a couple of things I wanted to bring up. No, I'm, I'm done with the vitamins. So I showed you this... I'm done. <laughs> I showed you this last week. There's a, a new app I've been using called Dog Monitor where I dug out an old iPad that I wasn't using and propped it up with a, a wide-angle lens on it. Downloaded the app on my phone as well as that. And I'm able to monitor what my dogs are doing when I'm not home, like a security camera. And uh, I'm obsessed with it. I use it all the time. I'm constantly checking what they're doing. Um, last night, Camille has a bit Isn't of... Isn't that called voyeurism? Well, no, I'm just checking. I'm making sure they're okay. Uh, <laughs> no, Camille was scratching her ear because uh, she had a, a sore ear and I didn't want her scratching it. So I pressed the, the patch in button and I could tell her to stop scratching her ear and she heard me and did. What the hell must the dog be thinking that I'm not around, but my voice appears telling her to stop scratching her ear. And so she just stops and she goes, oh, fuck. Like she never scratches it around me anymore because I always tell her not to. But now you need she to give your dogs do privacy, man. You need to leave them alone. They still get privacy. I just check on them to make sure nothing's wrong or to make sure they're not barking too much. I don't want them disturbing yeah. the neighbors. They're so tired right now. Okay, so today I got out of bed at 2 p.m. I only got to sleep at like 3.30 last night because I had a great comedy night last night. Open mic at the front. Anyone living in Canberra next month, come along. It was a packed house. Beautiful evening. Uh, what was I saying? So I get up at like 2. Um, I had to drop someone, uh, drive someone somewhere. And then I went for a walk. <clears throat> it's snowing outside today. And I put on a Skins t-shirt, a pair of gloves, two beanies and a pair of shorts. And went out for a two-hour, 10-kilometer hike with the dogs. It was beautiful. The sun was shining. Oh, it, I was at one with nature, Joe. I was at one with nature. I was walking on the, on the edge of McGregor, just looking at all the hills. And the sun was like on, over the rolling hills and I could see the cows. Yeah, totally. Totally. I uh, hear what you're saying, man. I, uh, around here, mm. when it's uh, sunrise. I'm, yeah. There's barely anyone around here ever uh, throughout the day, right? So yeah, yeah. in the morning, like there's, there's just no one around, um, so and quiet. it's just all you hear is just the the you know the wildlife birds. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Occasionally, you might get an albino kangaroo that pops out. How beautiful are albino kangaroos! You racist. Um, saw the saddest thing the other day on the road. I had to drop my car at the mechanic in Belconnen and caught an Uber to work because I was running late. And I saw something on the side in the bus lane that kind of looked like a piece of bark as I was sitting in the passenger seat of this Uber. And it was a baby kangaroo. Cool. Dead. 
dead. Lying on the ground, curled up. It had been hit by something. Well. So sad. That's just uh Real sad. This is there's this um that they did a big culling. Uh was it earlier this year, I think it was? There's a lot of kangaroos too, around. <laughs> there's too many too many last year and too many road accidents and yeah mm, well it's kind of crazy it's almost like they were born to live here <laughs> can you imagine how many kangaroos were around before fucking white people came well apparently and and i don't know what evidence they had to support this but apparently kangaroos were, were huge like much much bigger than what you know what they've been over the last couple of centuries but you know human uh uh, humans just you know ate the big ones. Um, oh, the so megafauna. Must have, Do you mean the mega- must have been the ab- the aborigines? You know, seventy thousand years ago. <clears throat> Do you mean the megafauna they, ones, they, the giant ones? They died off. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a long. I think that's ten to fifteen thousand years ago. Yeah, so I think it's 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 just humans. It's raining outside. Is it raining where you're on? No. No. Legitimately, we're it did rain a little bit earlier. Yeah, we're in different states. Yeah, giant kangaroos. I'll tell you what. When I was out in the Northern Territory, uh, eighteen months ago, driving at night at dusk, drove past. Didn't see it till the very last minute. There was a six foot, genuine six foot kangaroo, dark brown, like maroon colored, looking like a human being bodybuilder. His arms were ridiculous, just standing on the side yeah. of the road like a person. Is oh. it the brown? I thought it was the red ones. It's the, the red it ones is a the... big red kangaroo, but sometimes the red is very dark. It was almost yeah. purple. To... And it was just breathtaking as a, as a creature to see in person. So it looked like a, a big, a, a great ape. It was so muscular. We drove pounds. past it at like 70 kilometers an hour. Like, oh, did you see that? If it, if it had jumped in front of the car, it would have destroyed the car, dude. It must have weighed as much as I do. It was huge. It was huge was mind-blowing i seeing it in person was i was kind of like a you know the when you hear about a bunyip or something yeah. like that that's what the people are talking about these fucking megafauna giant kangaroos dude anyway anyway bunyip. so anyway i just ate mm. the point was i hadn't eaten anything went for this hike and then um yeah got a big full belly How's your diet going? What have you been eating? I've been eating, avoiding processed stuff. Mm. Being on holidays for two weeks, up, you know, more or less just ate whatever looked good. Yeah. So just trying to clean things up a bit now, and um, I was planning on sort of just getting back to uh, uh, you know my my training uh, plan, but adjusting to the routine, I think decided to then just give myself the full week, and plus work has been lengthy just long working hours um straight back into it so yeah but this week i plan to just get back into into the routine properly mm-hmm. follow the plan mm-hmm. there's a race I've, I've got a race tomorrow a club race but d- depending on the weather like if it's freezing cold i'm not gonna bother what time does it start so, nine o'clock jesus if it's anything like today it'll be freezing yeah 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 for real i would um yeah, God, getting up and being anywhere at nine a.m. on a Sunday in this weather. Yeah, you gotta have a hard. You gotta have a real hard dick for whatever you're doing to to really put that effort in. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen any good yeah, movies? If it was part of the racing series I was doing, I'd I'd, I'd rock up. But this is just a club race, so. When you yeah. say a club race, how long does that go for again? About an hour and a half. Hour and a half. Yeah, it's still a pretty yeah. serious workout. Oh, definitely. Like you're still going at 100%, but yeah. it's just, you know, less people and just friendly club thing. Um, yeah, the last, uh, well, I went to Dendi last week with my old man when saw that Diego Maradona documentary, That's which right. was really, really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Made by the, the the guy who made the Senna documentary, yeah? Yeah. 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 It's very good. I recommend you, I think you'd enjoy that. Yes, I think I think um, I would. I'll probably check it out streaming. To be fair, timing yeah. wise, there's so 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 little time to catch things at the cinema. 
Yeah. And just before, actually, I was looking up just to see what else was coming uh, out in the next few months. Well, you know, the new Torrentino is out soon, right? Yeah, I was trying to get a date for that. When does that come out? The 15th. 15th of... Thursday next week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, that's right. We we briefly spoke about that. We spoke yeah. about it. Um, I've got a comedy thing I have to go to Thursday. I'm performing Friday. And because of that, I don't want to go out Saturday. Because when I go out, my, my parents mind the dogs because I don't like leaving them for too long. Like to do with yeah. no dinner and stuff. And so, I don't know. We could catch it on a daytime Saturday if you wanted. But yep. we'll see how yep. timing goes. We'll that. talk about it. We'll talk about it. So other good things. So there's obviously that one. What I'm looking at here. So there is Zombieland, Double Tap. So that's I'd, I'd probably go watch that because I thought the first one was hilarious. You know the one with I still Woody haven't seen the first one. Oh, dude, it's so funny. Mm, um, I've got a copy. Terminator Dark Fate. What's that? That's the new Terminator film. Is that the new one that James Cameron approves of? Produced. But he that yes. like he he wrote it, yeah, or he. I'm not sure. Is it he, the he one? Was invo- he was pretty sure he's involved in writing. So it's directed by Tim Miller, the guy who made Deadpool. But the the story with that is that they're disregarding the... Third and anything after number two. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. It's like they're, they're now um, have alternate universes of Terminator. Yeah. Like comic books. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. I mean, we're going to need that with Star Wars eventually too. Because everything with, after... With the- time travel... For sure. But specifically, even things that don't have time travel, like anything after the third Star Wars film is just trash. But at some point, someone's going to want to make a good fourth Star Wars film. Someone will have an idea in that universe and want to disregard all of the nonsense. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not too sure that anyone would ever allow that. The franchise is such a money maker then that I think they're always just going to cater for the maximum number of, well, for profit, basically. Oh yeah, I, it, right now. But if they wanted to make a proper one, they just give it to Villeneuve. <laughs> he seems to be the only person they can trust. Yeah. So Edward Furlong is in the new one. Oh really? Terminator Dark Fate. The first cast member I see, Edward Furlong. No, you sure? Well, Linda Hamilton. Look McKenzie at your screen. Davies. Look at your screen right now. Who's in Blade Runner? Look at your screen. Oh yeah, Eddie Furlong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Natalia Reyes, don't know who that is. Gabriel Luna, who plays the evil Terminator. Never seen him. A lot of these people I've never seen before. Edward Furlong, obviously. Looks like he's done... Looks like he's 60. He's done cocaine for the last, what, 30 years? But that makes sense. That's how John Connor would fucking look. You know? Well, not according to number two, but anyway... No, I don't mean based on um, the act, the that. I'm based on the reality of what it would do to someone to actually live in a resistance. You know what I mean? He looks fat. He looks fat. Does he? It's like super fat. Oh, I didn't. Like he's obese. He, like I said, he looks like he's done 30 years of oh, coke. That's, that's, that's exactly a different photo. I'm not looking at that photo. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can see the photo you're talking about. Yeah. There are some bad images of him. I don't think... Um, well, so what happens when you have that much popularity at such a young age and all that money. Yeah, well, with, with artistic talent comes some problems. Um, yeah, wow. Uh, so what else is coming out? So... Back to that. Uh, so that comes out in October. Terminator. Rambo. <laughs> with Stallone. So it's like a reboot. Is it? Rambo La- Yeah, Rambo Last Blood. You know what's funny? I've never seen a single Rambo film ever. The first one's good. Yeah, I heard. I actually listened to an interesting... So I've been listening to this podcast which is awful and interesting at the same time, where these two girls who are in their... One's 25 and one's 30, Australian stand-up comedians, who don't haven't really watched a lot of movies. And it's called The Girl's Guide to Dude Cinema, and it's them watching all the movies that guys go, oh my God, I can't believe you haven't seen that film. 
But it's really interesting hearing those movies, what they seem like now with no cultural context for complete strangers. Do you know what I mean? Like, they've watched like Terminator 1 and Terminator 2. And you know what their biggest takeaway from those movies is? Like, they liked them. No idea. But the biggest thing they found, they're like, God, Arnie was hot. That's all they thought. (laughs) They're like, wow, I could not believe how good looking he was back then. And I was like, oh, that's a really interesting takeaway. I don't really see those movies in that way. But some of them are actually got proper, yeah, just interesting reactions. And they did like an hour long review of the first Rambo film. Look at the, look at the cast of the original 82 film. Yeah. They, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Brian Dennehy, who I thought was an amazing actor, did lots of movies in the, in the eighties and the nineties. Um, I think he's probably the, the best thing about Rambo. Yeah, it's it's a good movie, man. Do you know there's a um, there's a Bollywood remake of Rambo coming out in 2020? A Bollywood, a Bollywood one, explosions and starring something silly and insane. Tiger Shroff. Have a look at the cover. Have a look at the cover. Pull up your camera. Can you see it? Oh yeah, yep. How funny, right? <laughs> Anyway, uh, fuck, how funny. I feel like the first... In June. Well, June, June obviously. comes out next that, year. That's going to for a year, though. That comes out a year from now. 2020, is it? In November 2020, that's ages away. In a lot of ways, this podcast is just like a, a build-up podcast to the next Dennis Villeneuve <laughs> film. If if the movie sucks, we'll, we'll end the podcast. <laughs> we won't do any more. That'll be the, the death of it. But um, oh, I think I think I already told you about the the movie that I saw but uh, with Bud M when I was um uh, on the way to Thailand. What was it? Everybody knows with Penelope Cruz. Oh. Everybody knows it's a Spanish film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freaking amazing. You yeah, did you did mention that. And he what he did another movie with Loving Pablo in the nineteen early eighties. Colombian journalist Virginia Vallejo begins a tumultuous love affair with Pablo Escobar, the world's most feared. Okay, so it got really shit ratings, 31%. Let's see what they gave Everybody Knows. I don't 71%. trust movie reviews okay. though, dude. They're fucking... Some of my favorite films get very average scores. And some of the... Like, I had a look at... There was a, there's a book called A Thousand and One Films to Watch Before You Die. Mm. Like, it's a famous book. It gets updated all the time. It's at the bookstore the other day. I had a look at it. And yeah, the older ones, you're like, yeah, that's fine. I don't know enough about 1960s cinema. The later decades, it's just trash. They're like, oh, you've got to watch The Departed. And you've got to watch fucking... Pretty much every Leonardo DiCaprio film is in films to watch before you die. You know, like... I've seen like 500 films in the cinema in the last five years. None of those films were in in that book. It's like, oh, this book's just trash. This book's just a Hollywood piece of trash with a few token foreign films in it, you know? It made me so annoyed that people buy a book like that and sit there and go, oh, yeah, I got to check out, uh, you know, fucking every Leonardo DiCaprio film. Do you know what I mean? I'd like to know what list he looked at. It's called A Thousand and One Films to Watch Before You Die. A thousand and one films. A thousand and one films to watch before you die. Okay. And it it picks like, I don't know, 50 films a decade or something. I googled like top 100 movies to see and they all look, they look legit. (sighs) I've seen quite a few of them. Quite a lot of them I haven't seen. A lot of them are fine, but a lot of them are average as hell. A lot of the ones that people yeah. put down as the greatest films of all time are just average. That they've got big, you know, just they're just fine. Like there's a million movies as good as them. Does that make sense? Like it's just yeah. some reviewer's personal taste. You know, I don't know, just annoying. Well, it's Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. The films are made all over the world, so it's embarrassing that yeah. people take that stuff seriously. Anyway, anyway. 
So when are we gonna when are we gonna Beast Monkey Productions uh, produce a film? We were talking about this a while ago. We got to actually do something. We should make a Beast Monkey movie, hey? Yeah, yeah. We need to come up with a. We need to come up with a story to do a movie about. <laughs> come up with. Well, you know what we can do? We can pick any one of my twenty scripts that I've got sitting in a drawer. <laughs> Have you got any uh, plans to make any other films? Yeah, I got lots. At this stage? Yeah, I got lots. I know you... Yeah, but like yeah, things that you're actually going to do as as opposed to ideas? No, no, not just ideas. Like, have you actually got actual anything scheduled? things that I'm doing. Yeah. Right. So you're actually doing stuff right now? Uh, right now, I'm in, the, I'm in the writing process. A bunch of my projects are on hold just because I don't have the... The time, I guess, would be the best way to put it. And there's just yeah. other things going on that are restrictive of of how to make it. I've got an idea for a film. I won't say too much about it, but it involves mostly two actors, a mother and a son. And the son's in his mid-20s and he's unemployed. And um, it's kind of done like, the, like MasterChef. Like it's like a documentary where we interview them between scenes and stuff or during scenes. You yeah. cut to interviews of them like it's a reality show. But it's sort of done very run and gun. And I've got some really interesting ideas of what's going to happen in the documentary. Like it's a mockumentary, obviously, but it's done in a way that people watch it and think it's serious. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like anyone watching it will be like, fuck, that's like a low budget documentary. That's crazy. I don't want to ever give it away that it's a, um, a scripted film. Yep. So that's the one I'm writing right now because that's one I know I can do budget-wise straight away. Is that a project with Raf or...? No, I haven't spoken yeah. to him about that yet. Yeah. I only thought of it fairly recently. Um, I haven't seen Raf in a bit. Shout out to Raf if he's listening. But um, he's been real busy. I've been real busy. So I just need to catch up with him. I messaged, We messaged a little bit this week. But um, we do need to do a project. But it's tough. Collaborating's tough. Because if you come up with an idea and you've written it all out and put like 50 hours into a script, it's very hard to take on ideas from someone who hasn't put any real amount of time. Like they read it and then immediately have feedback for you. And it's like, go read it 50 times and then tell me you want to change it. Does that make sense? Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's hard. It's hard collaborating on something if you don't start collaborating on day, at the very beginning. From the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So I think the Beast Monkey one would be one that I think we should workshop on the podcast. From scratch. I'd like to do like a Grand Theft Auto type, um, type film. Set in Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah good okay cool uh starring a guy or a girl or t- a guy and a girl do like a um do like a short film based on what, what what's what's a funny mission that you do in grand theft auto you know the little missions that you can do oh yeah okay uh like that okay can i put out what's- an idea Impersonating a police officer and and, and stopping crime, you know, the yeah. police missions or the ambulance missions. <laughs> ambulance and police ones. It, it's hard because we'd have to get a car. I like the idea of someone coming up to someone's house, pretending to be a policeman coming inside, and then sort of like holding them hostage. That could be a cool. <laughs> Was there an ice cream? No, there was an ice cream truck, but there weren't any missions associated with oh, the ice cream truck. I reckon there might have been in some of them. In some of them, there might have been. What do you think of this idea where we find, we do a Grand Theft Auto style, like, film story, but it also has a direct parallel to uh, an, a, a story from the Old Testament. <laughs> what? Where, like, it's, like, exactly the same if you go, oh, wait, that's literally... The same tale from some... Well, it doesn't have to be a Bible one. It can be an old story. But some kind of a reference to an older piece of literature as well. 
Yep. Okay. Okay. Cool. Something. Some ideas to um. To ruminate. Something to think about. And to, we can come up some. Can we say ruminate? Come up with some ideas. Some ideas to ruminate on. Brew. To brew. Homebrew. To brew. Homebrew yep. productions. A beast monkey film. Yeah. Cool. Cool. What camera you got? Uh, that's the thing. I'm currently still just got my RX100 Mark III, which is not great for audio at all. Uh, but that's okay. We've got road mics. Well, we need, um, we don't really have like a boom or anything. We need, we would need a, one thing I need to get for anything serious is either a different camera or if Raf's on board, he's got a camera that has an audio input. Okay. Uh, but if Raf's busy, we would need to get some kind of portable audio device, which I'm keen on. What cables do those, do those cameras use? What, what sort of connections are they using like three mil or six mil oh, stereo they're, they're, cables? They're, they're mini or? jacks. They're three mil mini, they're mini jacks. Three mil. Okay. Uh, but it's more to do with whether or not they're, the camera is going to supply phantom power based on what mic it is yep okay and the different type of thing um but there are specific mics you get for that active mics with their own built-in batteries and stuff like that yeah or if they're hot shoe powered like there's a bunch of different options to look at for the audio um because we were talking about doing remote beast monkey things and up until this point you've purchased all of the equipment I, i think i'd like to purchase a piece of equipment which would be like an audio, a four-track audio recorder that we could plug normal mics into. Yep. Which I could then use for my film productions, but we could also use for remote podcast recording. A race would be good too. You know the races that you can do, random races? Yeah, I like the idea because we can use... um, We have the cars. Cameras these days are really good at stability control like that's one thing the rx100 is amazing at is stability control yeah and um i've got a gopro but there's some really some there's some really interesting really interesting action cams that are better than gopros that are out now there's a reason i don't know if you've noticed on all the websites now gopros are going really cheap like the top of the line GoPro yep. was like $250 off, which is like... Competition. Well, because Sony have released a one-inch sensor action cam. It's only like eight or $900. It was like S-Log video production, like video codec capability. It's unreal because they want to sell 50, 20 of them for an array, but you have to have cinematic abilities in them. Oh, yep. it's incredible. It's incredible. Like you remember the okay. Need for Speed film? Cameras are getting uh, pretty crazy. What's this? Uh, GoPro Fusion is like seven hundred and thirty-nine dollars. Oh, that's the five point two k. That's the three. The Fusion is megapixel. the three sixty degree camera. Okay, cool. But Lots of crazy technology. That is a crazy. T- it, but basically, it's two fisheye lenses back to back. There's one. DJI oh, Osmo Action Go, GoPro's fiercest competition yet a solid choice for vloggers. To Sony RX Zero is ranked four, according to T3, SJ Cam. There's heaps. TomTom. <laughs> I tell you what, the yeah, one cool. to look up is look up the R- Sony RX Zero Mark II. Yeah, that's the one that's listed here as ranked fourth. It's not fourth. It's the best. It's not even a question. It's got the same tell sensor. Send, contact T3.com and tell them you guys are wrong. Well, they know they're wrong too. They're do, just trying to sell the other models. Like all these websites. Do, are a, do a 90 minute. Let's do a documentary about how wrong T3.com are. Whatever we do, I do want to do it like and a then, documentary. So let's do like a Grand Theft on, Auto um, style thing. But then we'll cut to interviews with the people in the film. <laughs> like cut I to like studio interviews. <laughs> Like MasterChef. It's like, I'm in the middle of this race and I'm scared that I'm going to crash and die. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> the, the key to, I think the key to making a good sort of car racing type short film is the sound. 
the sound editing to give the perception of speed? <clears throat> I think very much um, if you don't have good audio, the film is just going to come across as absolute trash. No matter how it looks yeah. and no matter how it's performed, if the audio is bad, you're done. Yeah. 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 Interesting. It's cool. very ambitious to, right for a first film to do a car race. I think we could try it, but we could also try something less ambitious for the very first one. A boat race. <laughs> I was thinking a um, light aircraft. Light aircraft? Yeah. <laughs> but we do it super low budget, so we're like... You're just obviously sitting on the roof inside on, on the roof of a house in like a cardboard box, rocking back and forth, and then you cut away to a model aeroplane. <laughs> That'd be good. That would be amazing, actually. I like the idea of that. Or, and then you just blow classical. you blow the model aeroplane up at the end in the air. <laughs> Turbocharged tricycles. Do a, a tricycle race. I have a tricycle. You've got. All a tri- right, dude. I'm gonna go have some dinner. You have a tricycle. I had one. What happened to it? About 30, 30 years ago. <laughs> sold it. Hey, look. Time is but a window. Death is but a door. What's that from? I'm starving, dude. I'm gonna go have some no, dinner. No, I want you. Um, I want you to tell me what movie that's from. No idea. Ghostbusters two. Yeah, Ghostbusters I saw in the 90s and I haven't really watched since. Oh, they're both amazing. They both hold up. So I'm not... um, Yeah, it's a bit like Star Wars. It's like you've you've kind of seen them but never... I don't know, they're just... Kind of forgotten about them. Yeah. I feel like... I've only... Ghostbusters and Back to the Future are are some pretty high-quality sci-fi that were mainstream back in the 80s. You know, they're, they're sci-fi films, but they're not about being sci-fi. They're just... The sci-fi world exists. Like, they're catching ghosts. The feature was or they're tra- excellent. traveling through time, you know. It's amazing. That was a Spielberg trilogy, wasn't it? Spielberg produced. Film? He didn't direct. He had no real artistic input. He just put some money behind it, and they used his name to promote it. Robert Zemeckis and um, some one other dude. If you see all the documentaries, it's... Robert Zemeckis and one other guy who did the writing whose name I can't remember. Bill someone or... Yeah, Robert Zemeckis. And who's the other guy? Um, who wrote it? Bob Gale. Yeah, Bob, Bob Gale. Gale. They were the two Bobs because Bo- Robert Zemeckis, come, they all call him Bob as well. So what did what did Spielberg do? Because his name's not even mentioned in this. No, because he didn't do anything. Yeah, he had nothing to do with it. He was it. just an executive producer. Yeah. Just put money into it. And they used his name to be like a Spielberg production. You know, like with um, some films he was involved with where his name's on them, some not at all. Yeah. And that's one where he hadn't... You can tell when you watch them, way too much, there's way too much quality in the production of those films for them to have anything to do with Steven Spielberg. He's such a fucking hack. Like everything he does is so try-hard and so obvious. I could yeah, rail I don't, for I don't like- hours about him. So cheesy. Not a big fan of um, Spielberg. He totally ruined Ready Player One. Yeah. Which is super annoying. And that's the thing. Any film that you know anything about what it could be like and he makes, he does a shit job. (laughs) I just, I can't stand the fucking lionization of people like Steven Spielberg as the greats of all time when they're fucking just B-grade, highly promoted sellout, you know, Anyway, you know what that motherfucker said in an interview when he was 50? He's like, when I grow up, I want the greatest. No, no. He goes, when I grow up, I want to be a filmmaker. And it's like, fuck you, dude. You are growing up. You are a filmmaker. It's not cute. It's not cute for you to pretend you're still a a child at heart. You're a fucking adult. Stop. Stop it. Go away. (laughs) Fuck off, Steven Spielberg. (laughs) Should do a documentary about Oh, I'd do a fucking documentary about him. (laughs) That's how that guy feels about Brendan Sharp. Yeah, we've brought this full circle. That is a beautiful episode. (laughs) 
All right, you go have some dinner. We'll talk to everyone else later. We'll get this film on the go. Anyone sending their ideas for the film, we'll keep it good and we'll give you no credit. Que viajaba el pistolero, el caballo regresó solito al pueblo. Alacrán del desierto, sin saber mataste a un hombre bueno. Con tu colita llena de veneno, cayó un hombre vestido de negro, sin saber mataste. Al pistolero